everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm Lauren Hom, and I'm here with my friend Stefan Kuhns. We're both lettering artists and entrepreneurs, and we are so glad you're here hanging out with us. We hope you take this time to work on something creative for you, gain inspiration for your business, or honestly, just relax. So we're just going to jump right in and start this conversation with a, a personal question. Have you ever been afraid of taking a leap? maybe quitting your full-time job or go full-time freelancing? Or has it been that you've been asked to share an estimate, like price a job, and you've just been afraid of asking for a certain amount? I don't know what it is with you, but we've all have had these problems, and Lauren recently read this quote in an email that she'll talk about. So I stumbled across this quote in an email from an entrepreneur that I follow named Selena Sue, and she had posed this question. She had stumbled across it and was asking what people thought. And so the quote is, any problem you're having in your business is actually just a personal problem disguised as a business problem. And I remember when I read this, my head just like exploded and I felt like a little invisible knife go through my heart because I was like, whoa, that is actually true. Because I thought back to my own life about any time I've had a block in my business or been unsure of what move to make next or felt any kind of like, you know, lump in my throat or pit in my stomach, like you mentioned about pricing or investing in my business or putting myself out there. And I was like, whoa, that is actually true for me, where if I'm afraid to ask for more money or I'm afraid to quote a project for what I really want, it's because I'm uncomfortable talking about money in my personal life. Or if I'm you know, holding myself back from putting my work out there, it's probably because I don't feel as confident in my own life. And I can definitely see patterns of When I feel better in my personal life and I'm more confident and I'm more, I'm having more fun, that stuff bleeds into my business. And so I really resonated with that quote and I know everyone's going to have a different opinion on it, but it sounds like you did too, Stefan. Absolutely. Like these two first questions that I asked, like are directly from my personal life, like taking the risk to go full-time freelancing. It's, it's not a easy step to do right now. Uh, recently, it has been to signing a lease for my studio that I just got. It's, Congratulations. Thank you. It is crazy to think about like you're putting yourself, you're giving yourself a year commitment of like renting that space. And even though it's, it, it might not be a big financial commitment for me right now, it's still a big question to, to ask. And, and another one that I've been pondering about a long, long time, hiring someone else. And if we, again, if we think like these business problems that you face, it's like something that disguised as a business problem, uh, something that you're, that is holding you back. Like it's, it might be an excuse. It might be something totally valid, like indecisiveness in, in a sense for me. But I feel like I've been overthinking these questions so often that I really don't know what I should be doing right now. You said you've been thinking about getting an office and thinking about you know, hiring somebody for a long time, but you haven't let yourself like pull the trigger on that. And I mean, how does it feel now that you've signed the lease on the office? Like, was it uncomfortable for a little bit? And did, did the feeling pass? I love the idea of having a space, like not working mm -hmm. from home anymore. And I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. Like you're waking up, you're just getting out of bed and then you're kind of <laughs> like, you're getting your coffee machine and it's hard to actually slide into work. Like Towards the end of the day, you're just like, you're gonna work and, and you're gonna make stuff happen. But until then, like until you have a deadline, you're just not gonna do anything. And I hated that feeling so much more than actually paying. So I felt like it was worth the price to, to pay that. And 
yeah, there are so many things that were just that made more sense about the whole thing. And that's why I feel like it's a great feeling now that I've actually committed myself. Plus this whole load of overthinking just went all the way down. So again, if money can can pay to to get peace of mind, I feel like it's so worth it. That's definitely something that I have to learn, that I have to make a commitment. And that's where I feel like a lot of our listeners will probably have the same thing where they're like, should I quit my job? Should I not quit my job? And thankfully for me, that was pretty easy. Like I, I liked my job. I wasn't really too committed to my job, but it's it was like, I, I can see myself doing it for five more years, but nothing more. And mm-hmm. and I don't know, how, how was it for you quitting your job? Like, was it something you've asked yourself, like you've pondered over a long time or did like, was it easy for you? Yeah. So it actually wasn't easy. It was a super painful like process to get me out of my full-time job. But I, the first thing I thought of when, after I read that quote about uh, business problems being personal problems, when I was thinking about leaving my full-time job, the first time I had the thought of, I don't really like this job. I can't really see myself here for my entire career was really only four months into the job. So it was pretty quick. And I remember convincing myself that, no, you should stay, like, you know, because I was actually afraid of what other people would think about me if I left this, you know, from the outside looking in, great job, this great opportunity. And my own personal block of caring too much about what other people thought about me held me back from going freelance for, I'd say, a couple months longer than it should have. It wasn't the end of the world. Um, And oftentimes, if you are unhappy enough in a certain situation, you can just that's enough motivation to push through and you know make the leap or do the thing you actually want to do but i remember the thoughts i was i was 23 at the time and i was thinking you know will my old classmates look at me and think you know oh she's so you know entitled for thinking that she can just get this great job and then leave right away like we've all been working so hard for jobs and you know in school we were taught that kind of scarcity mindset of you know, you're lucky if you get a job, the job market is so competitive, most of you won't make it, like we're fed that kind of narrative. And so I definitely internalized that. And I was like, are my classmates going to think I'm like a bad person? I also thought that my parents and my family would be disappointed because I didn't stay for a year or didn't stay for longer and like see it through. I thought people would think I was a quitter. And then I also thought that my coworkers would be like, yeah, look at this like ungrateful millennial who's like not super happy and she's just, you know, bailing the second things get hard. And so I had all those thoughts and that kept me in that job for longer than I should have. And again, wasn't the end of the world, but now that I can reflect back on that, and of course, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. all those thoughts weren't actually things that I was worried about in my new freelance business I wanted to start. Those were just things I was worried that people would think about me in my everyday life. And the more you follow your gut and you trust your own like intuition and decisions in your personal life and like be your truest self, mm-hmm. that bleeds into your business. Like I remember around the same time I was unhappy at my job, I started getting tattooed and I started, you know, dressing more the way that I felt on the inside and just like, you know, crazier colors and patterns because that's just me because before I was wearing like blazers to to the office because that's what I thought you were supposed to wear to the office. And even making those little steps to be the truest form of yourself in your personal life. So, you know, the way I dressed or tattoos for me, those help you become more confident in your business decisions Mm -hmm. because you know who you are and you know that, hey, I have a natural inclination towards this or this feels good to me. And 
I would say those little those little steps did help me ultimately make the decision and feel comfortable in the decision to leave my full-time job and like know in my heart that it was the right decision, but it wasn't an easy process. I definitely grappled with, you know, what other people would think of me if I left my job and, you know, looking back it seems silly that that was the biggest thing holding me back. It wasn't actually, you know, the practical stuff about business that was holding me back. It was just my fear about what my peers would think. It's interesting when we talk about the way what was holding you back is like what other people thought of you. And what I was thinking is you also said like it's been hard for you to ask for money mm-hmm. in your business as it is in personal life. Now I wanted to ask you is that because you're afraid of what people might think if they knew how much you would ask for? That's definitely a part of it. I think there's so many emotions and stories around money that we have that we don't realize and of course money's a part of business and so when you think back to the things you were taught about money as a kid or that it's rude to ask somebody how they make or it's rude to talk about mm-hmm. money at all yeah. um having too much of it makes you a bad person um or you know be grateful because other people don't have enough like i definitely think a lot of us carry a lot of baggage around that and so yeah of course there's with pricing it's not only you know questions of self-worth of am i worth this money but will somebody think i'm a bad person for asking for this much even if you logically know that is the market rate for what they're asking for it it can feel like you don't want to upset anybody you don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. and especially as like a woman i think that we're conditioned to try to make other people feel comfortable and be accommodating and like be little like hostesses in like our everyday lives and I'm a, I'm strong and confident and I feel good about like the stuff that I do but I do find myself falling back on some of those tendencies of you know not wanting to rock the boat too much and wanting to make sure being agreeable just for the sake of not causing any friction I think not just women just everybody in general too we're very like we don't like confrontation we'd prefer to keep things nice and comfortable and like smooth sailing but you will have to shake the boat a little bit to get to where you want to go so I think yeah caring what other people think holds a lot of people back in a lot of areas of their business including money. I think one thing for me about caring what people think that comes to mind is self-promotion and I think you and I are naturally pretty good at putting ourselves out there. We're charismatic, like we're comfortable, you know, talking with people and we're social, but one thing that I've noticed when it comes to self-promotion and I feel this all the time is you start to care what other people think in the sense of, oh, if I advertise my services or if I talk about this new you know procreate brush pack i made or these this new workshop i'm hosting if i talk about it too much people are going to be annoyed and people are going to think you know they're going to unfollow me and they're going to think i'm annoying and bad and so we don't promote our workshops and we don't promote our products as much as we should just to make other people feel comfortable and to keep us feeling comfortable that people don't think we're annoying and the truth is I've seen it in my business and this is where, you know, me having a business coach has helped me push through that and having mentors has helped that because they can kind of provide a fresh perspective saying, "Hey, you actually do need to promote more and, you know, whether it's sending an email every day for a launch period or posting in your story every day or posting on Instagram every day, twice a day, whatever it may be. I'm let's say I'm promoting passion to paid On day three, I might feel and actually on day three I always feel this way because it's halfway through my launch window. Am I being annoying? Are people sick of hearing about this? Haven't they heard about it before? Are they going to tune me out? When I start to feel that way, 
that's when I know I'm doing the bare minimum that I should be doing. So for anyone who's scared of putting yourself out there or sharing your work or promoting your work or your products, try to follow that rule too. And it'll, it'll help just knowing that like, okay, if I start feeling uncomfortable, that's probably just enough. And I should push past that because if you stop promoting the stuff that you are selling or you're passionate about, people will miss it. People will forget. I promote seven days like intensely for Passionate Paid. And I guarantee you every time that I close the cart, I still get about a dozen emails and Instagram messages saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe I missed this. Like, can I still sign up? And you would be surprised at the amount of people mm. who are missing the stuff that you're posting. And if you look at just the objective, like, numbers. I mean, your Instagram posts, even if you have a smaller account, are probably only reaching 10, 20% of your audience if you're lucky. So knowing that if you want to reach your whole audience, you might have to post five mm. times. And it doesn't mean you should post the same thing five times in a row. You still have to have kind of a aesthetic feel and like a strategy to how you're promoting. But I think knowing that and realizing that, hey, if you really believe in the services you offer and the products you sell, you're actually doing people a disservice if they don't hear about it because the stuff that you are making or providing could really help them or really change their life or make their walls more beautiful or whatever it may be. It could elevate their business. You have to have a deep-seated belief that what you do helps people and provides value. And once you know that, it's a little bit easier to sell. And I would even argue, kind of back to that quote, if you don't feel confident in the product you're selling or your business or your capabilities, it's a lot harder to sell. And so when you don't feel confident about your business, you might have some areas to work on in your personal life of feeling confident, whether that's you know, confidence to speak up, confidence to wear that new dress that you just bought that isn't quite your style and maybe is a little bit short or something that you're, you're not quite comfortable doing, but you know you want to. I think that taking those small steps in your personal life to feel more confident definitely lead up to feeling more confident in your business. It's funny though, because if you think about it, your Instagram is myself, 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 myself. <laughs> so true. That's all but it is. But at the same time, you're less likely to think that if you feel like you're giving something to others. I want to share something. I want to give people something. I want to be something that is funny, that is helpful, that is encouraging, whatever it is. I, I'm trying to turn that away from me. So everything that I put out should be to help others. Absolutely. I, I get that when for the products that I sell, like I started off with w different brushes, kind of uh, mock-up mm -hmm. stuff, but then went into these composition bundles and, and I saw how well they were selling. So instead of, of stopping and like, well, the, these puppies sell themselves in, in that sense. <laughs> I felt like, ooh, I made a lot of money. I'll see if I can do more money. Like the the money itself is not that interesting. Like it's kind of like creating a post that gets a lot of likes. It's more about like getting more likes, trying to to get better, getting like better numbers. Like so that's kind of the drive behind that. Absolutely. And I don't think it makes you a bad person for wanting money. Like if you want to be a freelance designer, letterer, and you want to run a business mm -hmm. around that. Your goal is to make money. When you say you want to yeah, run a business, you absolutely. want to make money. And money is just something that we exchange for something that we want and that is valuable. And value is dictated by the product and the market. I mean, I, over, over the last year, have been working uh, with my business coach to kind of break through some of my money blocks and all the BS in my head that I tell myself and the stories that aren't really being productive. And she said something that was really helpful where she was like, you need to think of money as a reflection of the 
amount of people that you're helping or how much value you're bringing to Mm -hmm. your audience. And it's really just a reflection of that. If you're running a good and ethical business, all it is is a mirror. Money is just a reflection of how many people you're helping Mm -hmm. and how much you're helping them. And so for you, I mean, you making those, those composition grids, the amount of money, if you made a lot of money from it, all that means is it's really helping a lot of people and a lot of people are interested in it. So it's a good thing. Yeah, it's it's a societal conditioning thing where we're not supposed to talk about money. We're not supposed to talk about wanting to make money. And I definitely internalized a mm-hmm. lot of that growing up. Yeah, it's it's something that I think we, especially as artists, have the deck stacked against us twice because one, we are conditioned as people to not talk about money. And then two, as artists, we're conditioned to not believe that we are worthy of making a lot of money. We are just grateful to just get by or to pay the bills doing what we love. And I think that sets the bar too mm-hmm. low for us. I don't think that's really doing us a service. And, and that's that's kind of the point that I, I, I wanted to make was that if you're asking for money, like it's it's something totally fine. And, and advertising your product is great because, again, like you said, it if it's helping a lot of people, then you should absolutely go for it. And so that's where I feel like mm-hmm. when you switch your view on that, why are you promoting that or why are you asking for money? Why is it so good to be to be financially independent or make a lot of money? Not really about the money itself, but more about the freedom that will bring it because you will be able to choose, select whatever project you want to work on and say no to the things that you don't want to work on. Save your time, like work on your own projects, work on projects that you feel great about. And and for me, that's that's kind of been the last couple of years was build myself up to to be in a position where I have enough cash flow, meaning that I just have enough money around that I can pay my bills for, for a long period of time and not to worry about mm-hmm. money coming in and waiting for the right projects to come in. And and I just had the the, the chance to to fly out to Salt Lake City Yay. to create a, a piece because I had nothing else going on in that time. So I was really flexible, spontaneous. I finished a whole project, flew into the States, painted the whole mural, like two <laughs> sides, flew it to New York, put it back together, and then we hung it up yesterday evening. That's so awesome. In the office. That's <laughs> kind of the, also the topic of this conversation is get yourself to where you want to go. And even if it's uncomfortable, like getting out of your comfort mm-hmm. zone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember something that my business coach told me that shifted the way that I thought about money. When you start to tell yourself like, yeah, money isn't that important to me because I am not a greedy person because you're trying to feel comfortable with who you are, you actually think about money all the time. If you say you don't care about money, you have to care about money with every purchase you make because you're probably on a pretty tight budget. And you have to care about money with every project that comes in because maybe you didn't have a lot of work that month. So you're like, okay, like I guess I'll take this project. And So actually by trying to dismiss it and saying that you don't care about money, you actually care a lot about money and it's in your head and in your psyche and that drags on you and that can be a drain. And of course, like, you know, a lot of people have student loans and a lot of people do have to budget, but I do think that telling yourself that it does matter and that you do care about it helps to prioritize that in your life and in your business, which ultimately will lead you to more financial freedom. I think that will be something for a lot of people who thought they are not caring about money, actually do care more about money. I always like to tell people in, in a pricing workshop that I run, it's not that your time is worth more. Like we cannot see that my time is worth this and this much and then put a number on it. 
because we all have 24 hours, so all our time is equally valuable. But we can find people who will love what we do more than other people. And the, the easiest mm -hmm. example that I've, I've, I've talked about is it comes from wedding photography. Like you'll find young couples that are 22 years old. They want to get married early. They barely have any money on the side or a thousand bucks might still be expensive for them. Mm -hmm. And if you go to a couple that is 35, both of them have uh, had their career already. Like they'll have a lot more money for a wedding photographer and they'll see like, you know what, if we spend like five or six mm -hmm. or seven grand on a wedding photographer, it's not going to break our budget. It's not going to break the bank. And, and so they're willing to spend a lot more money for that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's all relative. If, if you are getting to, to work for bigger companies, they have more budget for artists and design and everything. It's, it's mm -hmm. all this, this economy of scale and, and just who is the right client, the right person you should ask for money to. And of course, if I ask my neighbor for $10,000 for a mural or for another company that wants to have a big mural on, on the side of a wall, then it's going to be a different price. With that in the back of the mind, it's like, who do you price it to? Who do you want to work for? And if you're fine, like if you'd like to work with, again, analogy of that wedding couple with those 22-year-olds, like they're amazing, fun people to hang around with. They have a lot of energy. They'll have a cool crowd at their wedding and it's going to be fun, but it's going to be different than with a 35-years-old. And, and they might be fun as well. I'm not saying that 35-year-old people are not fun. I'm just making, trying to make a point. There will be different. There will be more life experienced, which is also fun. Yeah, no, that's, that is true. I mean, the price for your work and the demand for your work, it depends on, let's keep using that couple analogy. It depends on how much money that they have and they're willing to spend. If their total wedding budget is $100,000, $7,000 for photography isn't that much. But if their budget is $20,000, that's almost half the budget. So you're right. It does, it does change. It also depends on how much that couple values photography. Like that's one thing that about, you know, finding your target audience, um, you know, figuring out what your specialty is because not everyone is going to care about what you and I do, whether it's photography, lettering, design, and that is okay. Those aren't your ideal customers anyways. You want people who are so obsessed with your work or, you know, can't wait to have their wedding invitations done by you, or they've been following you on Instagram for a long time. People who are fans of art and, you know, visual things are willing to pay more. It's like every purchase, every splurge that let's say you or I would make in our personal lives on whether it's like a vintage sundress for me, or whether it's like a business class flight for you, like there is yeah. someone out there who's going to think it's stupid. Someone's going to think that all of our purchases are stupid and that's just their opinion. That's okay. Like the stuff, there are people who spend $500 on like a tasting menu at a really fancy restaurant and yeah, they love it and it brings them so much joy and it makes them happy and it lights them up inside oh, yeah. and gets them excited about life again. Whereas some people will eat a chicken breast and spinach every day in a little Tupperware and they're totally cool with that and they'd rather splurge on a really fancy vacation to Greece. And that's totally fine too. I think everybody has their things and curating your business and your audience and your brand is all about finding people who appreciate what you do. And then also, yeah, on the flip side, like have 
a bigger budget for the stuff. So it's, I guess the intersection where you're looking for is people who love what you do and who also have bigger budgets uh, and bigger projects where not just a bigger budget where like if a company ha is worth, you know, $2 million, but they're only hiring you to do an internal PowerPoint presentation, it's not like they owe you based on how much money they're worth. They're, you, they owe you based on the value you're providing to their business. And so it's not just like an emotional thing of like, well, bigger company, like, so they have to pay me more. It's what, what project you're working on and how much value they're going to get out of it too, which is why uh, for anyone who's ever studied any pricing or taken any courses, like advertising budgets tend to be the highest because they're going to get a lot of use out of the artwork that I you're going it. to be making for them. I want to jump into the next and probably the last part of this conversation is mm -hmm. now how do we overcome the problems that we're facing? And I want to start with this one. It's number one, you got to start off with analyzing and figuring out what your problem is. Like, what are you facing right now? What is something that you mm -hmm. are constantly running into? Like, maybe it's money, like asking for money. Maybe it's taking a risk. Maybe it's all these things like you name your problem. And the, the sooner you get to to write it down or to write it on a piece of paper, the the faster you'll be at actually starting to face your fears, your problems, uh, whatever you want to overcome. So number one is definitely going to be write it down, like analyze yourself, like ask yourself your questions and then write it down. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, being aware of what the issues are, then you can take targeted steps towards those specific issues rather than just trying to like buy a bunch of self-help books or business books in general to try to fix it. I think being in tune with yourself and knowing like, hey, that actually is a weak spot for me. Or I love what you said about if it's something you run into over and over again, that is a really great indicator that something needs to be done about it because it's not just going to go away by itself. Um, and then, yeah, number two would be once you identify them, taking small steps in your personal life. Um, again, based on that quote we introduced at the beginning of the episode about how most business problems are actually just personal problems disguised as business problems. Uh, you find that when you take those small steps to try to alleviate, whether it's talking about money or confidence, change in your business can seem like a really big thing, especially once you've been in it for a while and you've, you've kind of rooted your identity in one thing or another, to, to shake anything up can be scary. And One thing that helps me is taking small steps in my personal life to try new recipes. It could be as simple as that or hang out with new friends or try to make new friends. It can be as simple as that. And then also one thing that I had a friend tell me years ago that just came up uh, in my head that I think would help is one way to start taking those small steps in your personal life, if that still feels uncomfortable, is to think back to a time in your entire life, your existence, where You tried something new, maybe it was scary, and you survived, and it actually might have been kind of fun. Like in college, I remember walking by a hot yoga studio and looking at, looking in the window and reading about it and being like, wow, people do yoga for 90 minutes in like 106 degree weather uh, with humidity. Like that sounds really intense, but I was curious about it. And so I tried it and I ended up doing it for an entire year. I really, really liked it, and it taught me a lot of valuable lessons about how, you know, it's hot in the room and there's nothing I can do to change that. So you just have to like relax, take a deep breath and like lean into it. But trying new things, whether it's hot yoga or, mm -hmm. you know, going on a solo vacation or even tiny things that you may not think are related to your business will help to cultivate 
that either confidence or that creativity or that tolerance for risk in your business. So being aware of the problems that you're having in your business and reflecting on how they may be showing up in your personal life. Two, taking small steps in your personal life to try to cultivate more of that confidence or that feeling. And then, yeah, number three, knowing it's not the end of the world. Once you start taking those small steps in your personal life to try to, you know, build confidence or, you know, take, take leaps, take risks, when you feel that uncomfortable feeling in your personal life, so for me, forcing myself to go out to dinner alone, even though I hated it. And when you do that, you're going to feel uncomfortable. It's not going to feel nice. You don't always want to do it. It's not always going to be fun. It's not always going to be comfortable. But when you start doing that and you feel that discomfort and then it passes, it helps to train your brain and yourself to know that, hey, that wasn't so bad. I got through that. That was temporary and allows you to push past you know, that block and build up some emotional resilience so that you can take those steps in your business. And in any problem you're facing, you like mm -hmm. your brain learns like, oh, this is like we've done it now a thousand times. It's still like we still hate the feeling, but, you know, we can just do it and we keep doing it and, and it's going to be OK. You learn that it's going to be OK. And it's going to be OK. And so every problem you're facing, like you go out for dinner alone. For me, it's been the same thing with <laughs> traveling around. Like I love to to travel when somebody has set up an agenda. Like, and I hate going to cities where I just don't know mm -hmm. exactly what I'm gonna do. Like, and right now, like I'm I'm in New York, mm -hmm. and I thought, like, you know what, the the project ends on Wednesday, and so should I just fly back on on Thursday? And and I was so close to saying yes, but then I was like, you know what, now I'm in this city, I'm just gonna stay here a little bit longer. I'm just gonna be here, mm -hmm. just gonna enjoy it, just gonna do whatever I want to do and not just take care of what everyone else wants to do and and see where like where it will take me and I will see if I enjoy it or not but so far I I kind of like it I'm I'm also trying to to use my money in the same way it's like gonna splurge myself gonna say like you know what I'm just gonna take on new experiences trying out new things while I'm here and and not be afraid of of whatever there's always something that is not like in your mind that is not working out right. And so it's, again, it's the same thing. It's like facing your fears, trying to overcome it. And and I know it will feel like the craziest thing or something that you cannot do, but trust me, if Lauren and I can do it, you can do too. If we can shower cold, it, go out for dinner alone. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm going to have to do this week is like for dinner, <laughs> go out alone and and just enjoy myself. But yeah. Oh, yes. I love that you shared that story because it comes kind of full circle back to the original quote of when you are scared to travel without like a, you know, blocked out itinerary. So it's easy to travel for work. It's easy to travel when someone else has planned the itinerary. It's scary when you don't have any, you know, plans and you just have to kind of see what happens or play it by ear. But I also think that that's how people feel about their businesses a lot where, I talk with so many people who will say, I'll start my business mm -hmm. when, you know, I get this, this, and this in order, when everything is perfectly set up for me, then I'll start my business or then I'll start sharing my work. And that's just not how life works. And even if you know that, it's uncomfortable to go and navigate a new place or a new area of your life without a roadmap. And people want don't just want the roadmap, they want the step-by-step, -step, like, Google Maps directions of every single turn to make. And they just want to know what's around the corner too. And 
you'll spend your whole life guessing and planning and not taking any action if that's the case. And so I think that like you staying a little bit extra in New York to just hang out and, you know, see what happens or, you know, me going to eat dinner alone um, or you know, mm -hmm. trying hot exactly. yoga, those things build up that resilience and allow you to move forward in your business and take those risks. And the same way we talked about instead of, uh, you know, seeing it as you're taking someone's money when they hire you, you're giving them an awesome piece of artwork or, you know, when you're charging for your courses or your brushes, you're not taking someone's money. You're not a bad person. They're giving it to you in exchange. You're giving them a tool that's going to really help their artistic process or help their business. Changing the way we feel about the unknown. I think that that's been a big part of my personal growth and my growth in my business of not seeing the unknown as terrifying and something that should be avoided or planned, planned against. Like, what if you saw it as an adventure, as an opportunity? Our gut reaction to fear is, no, I don't want it. Keep it away. It's terrible. But someone had made the point that we actually will sometimes pay to be scared. We pay to go to amusement parks and go on roller coasters. And those are scary. We go to see horror movies. Those are really scary. Fear isn't always a bad thing. It's actually something that can be exciting and like exhilarating and like get you, you know, lit up about life again. And so don't be scared of fear. Don't be scared of the unknown. What if you could embrace it as a adventure or, you know, a journey and you're going to discover a lot of new things and it's actually a good thing. That is a perfect way to end this podcast. Definitely go out. Don't be afraid. If you feel afraid of something, this might be a, a great indicator of something that you have to do or have to address at least. And um, so we kind of want to leave you with that. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you have a beautiful day or evening or morning or wherever you are. But we do hope we will hear from you via email or our DMs if you are enjoying this podcast and possibly what you'd want us to talk about or hear about. We would love to take that into consideration. And it would help us a lot if you would rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to in uh, iTunes podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, wherever it is you're listening to it. Leave a review, comment. It will help us a lot to get this podcast into the hands of other creators dealing with the same problem. If you know someone, share it with them. And again, we'll see you in the next one. Bye. See you in the next episode. Bye.